0: 18+.
2: The Raiders is a team that we don't care for.
0: Something. Something. <laughs> Bravo. With Lord Lattimore Volk,
3: Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com.
2: <laughs>
0: Incomplete.
2: <laughs>
3: You are listening to Something Something Broncos. I am Jess Place, joined by Lori Lattimore-Volkman and Tim Lynch. Uh, Today we are brought to you by Brandon McManus's leg. Respect the leg, or Brandon will shove it up your ass.
2: Like he was going to do to his head coach yesterday.
3: <laughs> yeah. Boy, he was mad. He was mad. But that was good. I, I'm, gl- I'm kind of glad he was mad. He Someone's got to get mad. Show some passion, damn it. We're coming off a victory. This is a rare victory uh, in the 2019 season over the Los Angeles Chargers. Almost said San Diego there, but I caught myself. How do we feel about the win? I mean, it was kind of like we had a 14-point lead in the first quarter. Everything looked good, and then they did everything possible to rip the victory out of our hands. And yet, and yet, the most unlucky team of the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers were uh, the Chargers. They are more unlucky than us, and so we get the victory. They do not. Uh, Lori, what did you think of the game?
2: I loved it. I mean, like you, it was super exciting first quarter. You're thinking great things are going to happen. Then it becomes the game that we've been watching for 10 weeks now where the Broncos kind of let it go and you think they're going to lose. But this time, they were the team to find a way to win. And I love the ending. I just love the fact that the head coach – overrode his offensive coordinator because he saw the opportunity to change the momentum and even just try, just it just actually attempt to win the game rather than take the knee and go into overtime and take your chances. And it worked. I'm sure they weren't necessarily hoping for the defensive pass interference call, but they're going for the win and it worked out. It's the first time it's worked out for the Broncos all season. And I loved it.
3: It was so out of character
2: for them. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I wrote a story on Friday saying, Broncos, you need to be the team to find a way to win. Like all these other teams are doing it at the end, except us. We either are barely hanging on to a lead and escaping with a win, or we're finding a way to lose at the end. And then this was the first game where we were actually that team to kind of dig deep and pull out a win in unlikely circumstances, and it was awesome.
1: Yeah, they were 0-4 in games in the fi- that were decided in the final minute. So I think everybody, even probably the Broncos, were thinking, oh, here we go, we're going to lose another game in the final minute. But, uh, you know, the Chargers have lost every game by less than one score. So... You know, This time, fortune was on our side, and it was nice to see Brandon McManus just pump his fist on the game-winning field goal and all that emotion he had at halftime over not getting to go for the, the NFL record. It was a great game, and I'm really hoping it, it's going to lead to more wins because Drew Locke, he looked. He looked pretty good in his first start. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I, I think his arm strength is amazing. If he can get the mechanics down and polish his game, he could be a pretty damn good quarterback in the NFL. It's just got a long way to go.
3: I'm going to call BS on you, Tim. That was not a great game. It was a great first quarter and last 15 seconds. <laughs> of the game everything in between was was absolute agony it was like the, the way we closed out the first half the 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 scoreless third quarter and then letting los angeles back i feel so weird saying los angeles letting the chargers uh, back in at the end with the field goal that tied it up there was a lot of really frustrating moments that we get to forget about uh because we did get the victory but um like let's let's talk about Scangarello and and the disaster that, that that was like um what happened? Like the first, the first quarter, he had he had the pedal to the metal, and um, and Drew Locke was was out there dealing and, and making making plays, and it was great. And then like all of a sudden, he was just like, "We're good. We got fourteen points. I've I've done the work for today. Let's <laughs> let's put it in uh, on autopilot, and we'll just we'll just ride this out for the rest of the game." I mean, there were some serious serious problems with the offensive game plan.
1: That's the offensive game plan you play when there's like five minutes left in the game, except he did it when there was like forty-five minutes left in the game. So I tried to block that you know 35 minute stretch from my brain. Reality but, knocking at your door, Tim. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty frustrating. Skangarello has great play designs, like you see potential there. It's his situational play calling, like in game, what to call, what's going to give you the best chance in that situation is just, it's very lacking. You know, maybe Vic Bangio needs to lean a little more on his experience as a play caller and, and do some more overruling on Scangarello in game. All the scripted plays that you saw early in the first quarter. I mean, that's that's what, you, that's what we're hoping to get from Scangarello all game long. We're just not there yet. I don't know if we want to be patient. Or if he wanna just run his ass out of town, I don't know. That's that's I'm gonna leave that to, to the fans to to decide. <laughs> no, um, don't
2: you dare leave it to the fans. Fans <laughs> would run somebody out of town every time there's a mistake. Fans are no good with this.
1: Jess? What do you say, Jess? I
3: think I think on script, uh, he's Tom Cruise, off script, he turns into Bobcat Goldplace. Like it's it's just like like what has happened? i mean it just fell off a cliff he ran out of his scripted plays and then was just like okay
1: uh i give up i don't know part of that could just be drew lock you know what has he prepared for what is what is he comfortable doing that's part of a learning experience for for too is is trying to have confidence calling plays that he thinks drew lock can run um i think drew lock off script actually looks pretty good i i like the the fact that if things don't go well, he can happen on his own. And that's something we haven't seen from a quarterback in in, in Denver in quite a while. So there's potential. There's a lot of potential. The question is, uh, are, are we going to be patient with the process uh, at 4-8? and eight? Uh, how, how long are we going to be patient after so many losing seasons? The fan base is not used to this. So that's something you have to take into effect is – where are we gonna find our excitement and patience for this team to grow?
2: The fan base needs to be patient. It won't be, but it has to be. Like we don't have the luxury of just saying it's you know, it's gonna be one or two players in the offseason and we're gonna be a championship team. It's going to be a couple of years of building to get to championship level, but I don't think we're that far off from being a decent team, an exciting team to watch. I think Scandarello bears a little more patience and letting him work. But like you, I feel like that's, that's Fangio's call. If he feels like he can keep working with Scandarello and this is going to, they're going to all grow together and that he does a really good job with the quarterback, then I think you keep him on.
3: Now, Tim, I noticed uh, on the uh, Mile High Report uh, Twitter account, uh, you were very, very excited about Drew Lock, I, 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 are you? How many Super Bowls are you predicting? Three, four.
1: I mean, you know, I mean, Tom Brady's been to what ten? So I think that's that's probably a good number.
3: So twice that, sure. Twice, that yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reserved. I have been uh, wounded. Uh, by the new quarterbacks coming to Denver, uh, quite a bit over the last few years, and so I, uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reserve judgment on on whether or not uh, uh, Drew Lock is the future. Um, I really hope he is, um, but um, let us not forget that even Ryan Leaf uh, won his first two games, and so let's see how he does the rest of the season, and then I'll get excited.
2: I think the, the thing we should be taking away, if you look at Drew Locke's stats, you know, he's 18 of 28, only threw for 134 yards, but he had two touchdowns. And more importantly to me is he commanded the offense and the team noticed. And the team seemed to take advantage of that. And I think the best thing is he shows a lot of promise for the coaches and the team to work with.
3: Because you never know, like you were saying last week, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the Arizona Cardinals uh, knew that Rosen wasn't, wasn't it. And they went back to the well immediately and, and got their guy who uh, was awful uh, on Sunday. Uh, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> um they
1: <laughs> he's still
3: uh, he's he still is dealing with the hamstring injury and they're and trying that. they're trying to get the right quarterback and so hopefully Drew Lock is it and and if he's not we'll i think we'll have a good idea uh, going into the the draft <laughs> well, Maybe we'll, well the lesson of, to know. learn
2: is had he been awful yesterday or been awesome it was one game and it's against the chargers the, the next four games will give us a lot more to work with a lot more information and we'll be playing two extremely good teams at their place the next two weeks and how drew Locke handles that pressure and how he just handles the game. I think will tell us a lot about whether this is the guy to take into the off season as our guy.
1: The thing about drew Locke is, you know, he only had 134 yards, but there were two plays that could have gone and completely changed the stat line. The first was the, the Deshaun Hamilton drop where he had green field all the way to the end zone. Uh, that would have been his third touchdown pass there and then at the end of the game that that Hail Mary if if that 37-yard pass interference call if if they don't interfere with Cortland Sutton there he would have caught that and maybe even broke free for a touchdown he was he was kind of on a line to to make a big play there um so i'm not too worried about this the 134-yard thing um
2: I'm he made either. great
1: decisions he made he made the big play. Uh, his his deep ball is freaking beautiful. Like Brandon Allen, he made some big plays early on when he was starting, but it just felt like he was barely getting it there. You know what I'm saying? So Drew Locke's deep, deep ball is pretty. Um, he had a couple of plays where it's just like his accuracy was way off, and that all came from his lower body mechanics were not, not very good. Uh, he's a lot of work to do there, so I'm excited. I think he's actually already shown me enough to say he is the future. Let's do it. Let's go <laughs> forward. We got our guy. Let's do it. So I'm ready. Let's bring on bring on the Texans. Bring on the Chiefs. We're 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 gonna make some waves in the last four games here.
3: Right, yeah, let's... we got the we got the Texans coming up, huh? What how did they do on Sunday night? Did they, oh, yeah. they did they who'd they play? <laughs>
1: We We might be in trouble. We
2: need to be on our A game.
1: The thing about the Texans is you get that team one week and then you get the team that loses to the the Dolphins the next. So you you don't really know who you're going to get with with the Texans sometimes. Well, you can see that with the
2: Broncos too. You can get the team that loses to the Buffalo Bills or you can get the team that beats the Chargers. Maybe it's the same team and it's just the opponent, but it's also.
0: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
3: Maybe we'll luck out and they'll overlook us after their beatdown of the Patriots. Like they're going to be like, oh, "Of course we'll beat Denver." And then and then we can sneak up on them and take the victory.
1: And you just jinxed us. Thanks, Jess.
3: What? It's <laughs> not complete incompetence all year that's going to cost the Broncos right. a victory against the Texans. Yeah. Do we want to talk about Brandon McManus and his very animated passion at the end of the half? And then kicking the game winner, I mean, I mean, he was so mad he couldn't get a shot at the record. He threw his helmet down, he's pissed, and he goes at halftime, he's booting him. I can hit these, and, you know, send a message to, to Fangio. Then in the end, they're like, okay, all right, hot dog, go out there and, and pick it. <laughs> what does he do? He goes out and nails both of them. Be That first one, it did go through. <laughs> and it does. You know, I like that. I like the fire that he had. He's like, I'm. I'm a kicker. I'm the kicker for this team. I. I can do it. You know, believe in me. You know, and I mean, how many? How many guys on this team would 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 be that passionate about what they do for the Broncos? I mean, it, I think it's really telling. And I. I. I'm in support. And I wish they'd let him kick it because I. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually would have gotten.
2: It. I also was thinking, McManus hasn't been all that consistent from 50 plus yards so to think he can make a 65 yarder was a bit of a stretch quite honestly I mean he's confident great but if I'm the head coach I'm not totally confident because he's missed two of four beyond 50 yards I wish they had let him to kick it too but I can kind of understand being hesitant of thinking he's definitely going to get it.
3: Laurie they had in their back pocket maybe the most brilliant play that uh, Ever. I mean, if you think about it, rather than kick that field goal, they went ahead and got a five yard delay of game penalty, uh, <laughs> kind of crapped around, and then threw it over the middle for to end the half. So, I mean, th- if they had let him kick it, we wouldn't have seen that genius, that offensive power. So it was just, aw- and then like t- weird timeouts, like it, it was just, it was just the strangest longest most agonizing into the the half
1: and here's what i think happened uh, fangio initially thought okay let's go ahead and do it and then he saw them bring out a returner in the end zone he started thinking about all of the negative possibilities from a long field goal at the end of the half and he's like look we got a lead let's just freaking get into halftime we're fine and he changed his mind no timeout. Hey, give you, us
3: a winner. Give us
1: a winner play. What there you is got? no got winner. A game? I'll take it. Well, they, <laughs> they they just called a timeout. They couldn't call back-to-back timeouts. So it is what it is. I think he was going to, and he changed his mind. They didn't have enough time to get a play offense back on the field, and so they had to take the delay a game. McManus and his whole NFL history thing, Fangio's not going to forget that. And if the opportunity presents itself and they're not, The situation of the season is different. I think he goes for it. I think he gives McManus a chance to get into the history books there.
3: This isn't the first time that he has had an opportunity at this. If you recall, there was a tie game uh, in 2016. It was like a a 65-yarder, and and he missed it, and we ended up losing. I think it was to the Chiefs.
2: Last year, Vance Joseph elected to kick a 60-yarder. But at home, against the Texans, and I think it was right before the half.
1: Yeah, it was a 60-plus yard field goal, and it wasn't even, there was a plenty of time on the clock, and nobody thought we should attempt that field goal given the, the situation, but they did, he missed, the Texans got 10 yards, kicked a 46-yard field goal. Yeah, to go yeah, up that's six, right. Yeah, but, to 10. but
3: I'm talking about 2016, the year after the Super Bowl with Gary Kubiak as the coach.
1: I looked that up, Jess. It was a 62-yard field goal in overtime. You're right. And uh, it was overtime against the Chiefs uh 2016, and he missed the field goal. The Chiefs then kicked the winning field goal. I had it. It wasn't 65 yards, but it was, it was, 62. It was, it was a good one.
2: Well, that's my point, was that I can see why Vic Fangio isn't like – hey, yeah, let me just give you a 65-yarder. I do love that Brandon McManus was as confident as he was and and had the attitude he had. And I kind of feel like Fangio said it probably helped make a difference at the end of the game. Like, he he was totally ready to, to make a statement, and he, he got a chance to do that with not an easy kick and not under easy circumstances.
3: Fangio says he doesn't watch film. Uh, so he probably didn't do that. Uh you've got
2: I think you need to, to let Fangio go on that. He no, didn't watch film no. prior to coming to the Broncos. <laughs> he watches film now, just Please.
3: He has seen all the Academy Award nominees, the short films, the foreign language films. He is he is he is uh well schooled in all the film. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just I just it still sticks with me that he is just like why would you say that? Like, you don't have to do that. You, be, why would you say that? Anyway. Because he, was,
1: he wasn't talking about all film. He was just talking about one specific set. But since we're not doing predictions for, for the Texans game, I think we should do a um, an excitement poll. Are you excited about Drew Locke? Do you feel good about what you've seen so far enough so that you're going to be excited to see him start um, next week?
2: on a one to 10 scale here, or how are we answering this? <laughs> because
1: It's a, a yes or no. Are you excited or no? Not a, a, a,
2: Yeah, I'm, I am excited, but I'm not ready to anoint him the franchise QB yet.
1: Is he the heir to Manning?
2: Definitely not yet. <laughs> I mean, I hope he is. Who doesn't hope for that? Um, and like I said before, I do love the way he commanded the game you can tell when when a quarterback has that it factor to really be able to handle the game and to grow with it and to be the leader even as a 22, 23-year-old. And it's nice to see even the young guy getting a lot of the, the trust of his teammates to move forward. So, yeah, I'm excited about that.
3: I am excited that there is someone new. Uh, i i <laughs> well, only know this season i yeah well i really hope he is the guy because wouldn't that be great like if, <laughs> if this is the beginning of like all of our quarterback problems being solved for the next 15 years like that would be nice like i'll be 55 when he <laughs> retires uh, you know, we'll have a few more Super Bowls and, and, you know, we can worry about the defense or, or the, or, or left tackle or, or, whatever. Like, I really hope he is the guy. I I'm a little alarmed that it took as long as it did for him to get onto the field. I know he was injured, but he was eligible to come back for a few weeks before he did. And so, I mean, there's, there's a reason, right? I mean, theoretic, can't be the reason why we sa- save that injured reserve spot, right? I mean, I don't know. So I am, <laughs> I am, I am cautiously optimistic. Put your pom poms away. We already get the sense that you are over the moon excited. Take the Drew Locke jersey off your back, at least until Sunday.
1: I'm not going to do that, Jess. <laughs> Well, this was all part of the plan. It was not to start him against the Vikings or the Bills, who have elite defenses. The plan was to say, "Go out there, get some confidence," and he did that. He played well. They got the win. I'm excited. This is this is the the, the Broncos are doing it right finally with the quarterback.
2: Oh, I think
3: famous
1: I, last words.
2: Pump those brakes, but I. <laughs> I'm still I'm, – I'm kind of probably in between Tim's excitement and Jess's re- very reserved, maybe I'm kind of partially all right, I'll be excited attitude. Too. <laughs> but the Texans will tell us a lot of things because our defense is going to have a really tough time. We're not going to have Derek Wolf. We may or may not have Von Miller. We are going against an elite offense – so, given this the challenge that our defense is going to have trying to contain Deshaun Watson and the Texans, Drew Locke and the offense and Scandarello are just going to need to have a really good game plan for how to score some points every quarter. I would like to see them score every quarter. That would be a nice goal.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can't have any... I'm just going to do things because I'm scared kind of play calling i don't know what uh, what voice i was making there but
3: <laughs> it's kind of a westerny kind of down home like like hi i'm new at the cracker barrel and i don't have the down home flavor down yet <laughs> so all right well we said we weren't going to do predictions but rather than qualify it i'm just going to say let's just throw out score possibilities i'm going to say broncos twenty-five. <laughs> just uh, just to, to play with the, uh, the, 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 sc- the sc- score ceiling that we cannot get over. Um, uh, I'm going to say 25, uh, Texans 32.
2: I'm going Texans 34, Broncos 21.
1: I am going to predict the Texans 30, the Broncos 27, and it was all because Drew Locke was unleashed in the fourth quarter. And made a game a uh, back and forth close. <laughs> Randy
2: McManus misses a 65-yarder. No no no. Oh, no, 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 no,
3: costing us the game. Yeah. No,
1: the the Texans had a lead and forced Scangarello to to call the passing plays, and that's why it's a close game. And but you know the Texans are a good football team. It's on the road, but the excitement for Drew Locke continues because he's going to show that off script he can do things it's going to be exciting and as he continues to grow it's going to be an exciting time for for broncos country so i'm i'm excited let's get get this loss going here (laughs) (laughs) you heard it here folks
3: uh this has been something something broncos I'm Jess Place, joined by Lori Lattimore-Volkman and Tim Lynch. We are all contributors to MileHighReport.com. It is your single source for all things stats, history, uh, news, and information for the Denver Broncos. Like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. It's a great win uh, over the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Drew Locke, he's the future, for sure. Right, Tim?
1: He is the future, 100%.
3: That's right. And go Broncos. Woo!
2: All right. Good
0: show. <laughs> A correction on the reporting of the foul. Both teams were on the, both, uh, both fouls were on the kicking team.
1: I feel so good about the Broncos right now. It's amazing.
3: <laughs> you were feeling so good about it yesterday. And I wasn't kidding. Like I had cleared out. Like the mental space to be pissed off all evening. And then they won. And I was like, fuck. Like, I was prepared to be pissed off all night. And then they won. And I was just like, how could they do this to me? Like,
2: Tom Brady is doing the Peyton Manning thing. Like, he saw the sack coming and he just tucked and, you know, got ready for it. Like, there was no trying to escape. There's no trying to throw the ball. <laughs> he is showing his age because. You, know, you get to be 40 something, and they're like, Yeah, those things hurt a lot more than they used to. Yeah,
1: he's like 42, I and mean, I know how I feel at 41. I, yeah, uh, 80 yes. pound dude falling on me. No, thank you,
2: exactly. I don't even want
1: my 62 pound daughter falling on. <laughs> meal, <okay?
2: laughs> I, <know.
1: laughs> I think that was more on the Texans, though. I think that was they're like,
2: Whatever, game over, yeah, it. kind of, it's <laughs> true.
3: I mean, Bradley Roby's on their team. I mean, I'll talk about—he's—he's he's good at giving up late in games. Oh,
2: <laughs> sorry, guys.
3: <laughs> Wait, is that husband?
2: That's a—that's a husband. <laughs> oh, hello, husband. <laughs> Said hello.
3: Did <laughs> <laughs> <would> you <I> <laughs> see that look he gave us? He like gave us a look like you suck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just went to the Crackle Barrel on Saturday. It was uh it was delicious.
3: It is, it's good for breakfast. Don't go there for dinner. Good gosh, it's, it's I awful.
1: went there for breakfast. It was yeah. it's
3: good.
2: It's yeah. decent.
3: They don't serve but, beer. They don't do that. What? Okay, okay. I'm not they, going back. No. I I asked for a beer and they're like, "I can offer you a nice tall cup of iced tea." And I'm like, "Well, that's not beer, but thank you." <laughs>
1: It's only 9.45. I wanted to... I feel like drinking a beer now. This <laughs> podcaster, we got to stick to a later podcast.
2: <laughs> Take a drink.
3: You've been listening to Something Something Broncos. A feature of MileHighReport.com with Lori Lattimoreville, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Get involved in the conversation at MileHighReport.com